You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. We're nearly done. I'm just telling you, it's time to catch your breath. Because you will praise your way to victory. I have great respect for people who are not feeling okay, yet they can praise. It is people like Paul and Silas. When you see some people here praising right now, you may think it's because they don't know my problem. Their problem might be worse than yours. But they are praising their way to victory. Out of shackles, out of chains, into victory. You know, I can tell you, I preach my whole message. I can tell you about Paul and Silas, and you know. But sometime last week, I just had a strong witness to get some people here with me to be Paul and Silas. Because sometimes, you know, you've never seen Paul and Silas. <laughs> it's hearsay. <laughs> No, the scripture is true. But it is possible for you in this place to be able to stand up and, and say, this is my walk of victory. This is where I was. And this is how I've walked into victory. You may even feel like, ah, oh, well, I'm not quite there yet. Don't worry. Are you walking? Yes. They must yes. sing me that song later. I'm walking in power. Yes. Mm -hmm. I need the. Huh? I know ah. We will sing it. I want to call. I've got this lady. I said to her, because I can call everybody here. Call any of you, <laughs> but I gave notice here so that I don't embarrass anyone. But I'm sure when they start, you'll be like, Pastor, call me. Call me. I want to tell you how I have walked in victory. Call me. Let me tell you how I've praised my way to victory. I know some of you will be like that. Don't interrupt when she's speaking. Can you help me welcome Sunny to the stage? Come on, give her a shout. Thank you. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Paul and Silas were singing. <laughs> I'm glad they were singing because. Also me, God gave me this ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I've seen God. God is great. I've worked with God from a very young age. Actually, at some point, someone was walking with God for me until I was able to take the baton and walk with God for myself. Hallelujah. I know what it is like to be depressed. I've once been hospitalized, I think for two weeks, for depression. I was, I was younger. And I came out and God taught me that he is my healer. I've seen God being my healer. God said, take my word and go to each area of your life and apply it. Hallelujah. I've seen God at some, at some point as I was even growing. I remember at some point I was pregnant and the pregnancy was threatening. At some point I thought I had a miscarriage. And God would give me a song. Give me a song of praise. The one song that I remember as I was going through that threatening of pregnancy was, you are my shield. I don't know if you know. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will trust him in at all times. <laughs> he has set my feet from the rock. And I will not be moved. And I'll say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help. In time of need. Man. That's what God said to me. He said, I am your shield. I am your strength. I am your portion. If there's anyone that you can lay claim of and say, this one is mine, it is God. And say, you are my portion. And God told me that. And he walked through, he walked me through the journey and he provided people around me. And I was able to sing that song and say, Lord, you are good. You've been my shield. You've been my shelter. You've been the place, my stronghold. You know, a stronghold is that strong and fortified place that you can run to in time of need. And I was able to run to God and say, Lord God, I can run to you. And even, you know, depression, I was healed of it. And time and time again, it tried to threaten to come back. At some point, even early this year, you know, I felt like I was stuck. I was like, God, I've been through a lot. Why are these things not ending? You know, why can't I get my promotion yet? I'm feeling stuck. I'm not moving. I've been doing this job for a long time. And I started slacking at work. Even my boss would see it. That Sunny, you are slacking. Something is not right. But I knew in my heart I was discouraged. I was despondent. You know, thinking, Lord, why aren't you coming through for me? But God, again, you know, he came and he said, take my word and apply it. Take my word and apply it. I've learned even from, from Pastor Oba to use the word as medicine. You know, when depression comes knocking. You know, sometimes you hear of depression. Some people just think it's sadness. It's not just normal kind of sadness. You know, when you're down, not, not just for one day, you're down day in, 
day out. There's no break. You wake up, you are sad. You go back to sleep, you are sad. You wake up the following day, you're still sad. You enjoy nothing. You see people laughing. You're like, wow, they're laughing. You see people smiling like, wow, they're smiling. Because you cannot do it. You try to do it, you cannot do it. But God is able to deliver us from that. And he taught me, he said, take my word and apply this medicine. Sometimes when I go through the Bible, I'm like, Lord, today I'm taking your word as medicine. This word must come and heal me. You said you sent your word to heal me. So here I am, Lord, I'm taking it as medicine. I don't know what the dosage is, but I'll take as much as I need to. And many times we provide a song. Sometimes when I cannot just read the word, we provide a song. A song of praise to say, you know what, sing the song. And healing would come that way. So I really, 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 really bless the Lord. He is great. He provides everything that we need for this life and godliness. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know if you heard what I heard. But every time she was in a situation, what did she do? She praised her way out. Every time she was stuck, God gave her a song. And she praised her way out. One thing that happens with us is that when we are down and when things happen, that's the time we don't want to talk. I have great respect. You know, there's some people that I know very well in this house. When I say very well, as much as they allow me know. <laughs> but I know more than some other people. And I know how they serve and how they worship and how, and how they come and, you know, continue to do their work in the house of God. And it's not because things are okay. How they do these things even though they're stuck. And even though they're in prison. Even though they're shackles. Even though they're limitations. Even though they've looked, they don't know how to get out of this thing. But they're like, like Job. Though you slay me. <laughs> I will trust you. I will praise you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the key here that I heard was the fact that whenever there was a situation, there was praise. Whenever there is a situation, there was praise. I want to speak to you this morning because I know that a lot of us, when we're in situations, that's the time we're tight-lipped. That's the time we're not able to praise. There is no greater praise that can come from you than the one you give, which is a sacrifice. The praise you give when things are not going as they should. The praise you give when you're like, Lord, what is happening here? He says, I may not know, but at all times I will bless you. Your praise will be in my mouth. You continue to praise him. I want you to know that there is rumbling that is taking place, Amen. even in your praise. Amen. Don't, you know, I, I think sometimes we can even look and say to our neighbor, don't just feel sorry for me. I know sometimes I may look 
<laughs> like someone you should be sorry for <laughs> because of how difficult things are. He says, but don't be sorry for me. I'm praising my way out. I'm praising my way out. It is easy to praise when everything is okay. But I want those who can praise when there are shackles around their ankles. And God is looking for people like that. Not fair weather Christians, but people who can say irrespective of what is going on. I will still praise you. And I want you to know that as you praise, you, he will set you on your high heel. Amen. You're praising your way to victory. Amen. I, I'm just saying a little because I want us to praise our way. Amen. Is, is there someone who is with me this morning? Amen. Don't think, maybe pastor doesn't have anything to share. Oh, uh, what have I been doing since we came? There's too much to say. But there are some things you need to do. So I'm just telling you, this is what you need to do. Can we do it? I, I'm not feeling like it. Try. <laughs> I don't really feel. Just start. Just praise. Just praise. Break loose. Because the moment you are loose inside, the chains must break outside. If you are not free inside, I'm talking to someone. If you are not free inside, it doesn't matter how you look on the outside. You are not free on the outside. So work to be free on the inside. And one of the ways you can become free, you can break the chains from the inside, is beginning to praise. Praise in such a way that nothing will contain you. You know that is what it means to flip the script on the enemy. Because there are things that will happen that he thinks and he knows that the best thing for you now is just to be quiet. Just go cover yourself. Duvet day. Cover yourself. Don't talk to anyone. Don't come to church. Don't come to prevailing women. Things are bad. Why should I come to prevailing women? That's the lie of the enemy. But for any of you here, and I know that so many of us in this place, you did not come in here because everything is rosy. And ah, I just wanted an opportunity to come and bless the name of the Lord for all the wonderful things he has been doing for me. Some of you did not come in with that. Some of you were like, hmm, let's see what God will do today because this situation cannot continue. Some have come into this place. Woman of God, just say something. I'm saying something right now. And what I'm saying is praise your way. You see why people don't like? Because they have to do the praising. All right, I know I told you that when Paul and Silas were doing their praising by themselves, that it freed prisoners. So, but I don't want you to just rely on the praises of mom. I know what I'm talking about. There was a time when pastor is praying, I would just be shifting gears in my sleep. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, keep praying. Ooh, ooh. I'm covered. I, and I won't pray. I'm just shifting. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, what, what an atmosphere of prayer. Power, power. And, and my sleep is sweet. 
I'm enjoying my sleep. But there comes a time, there's no pastor. I used to tell my children, there's no mommy and daddy all the time. You need to know how to stand on your own two feet. You need to know, praise your way out. Praise, if you feel that there's an area of imprisonment, if you feel stuck, not long ago, I was like, I feel so stuck. I just myself, I feel stuck. It's not enough to, you can't start, mm, oh, you're feeling stuck. Praise your way out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to call Anele to come and also share something. Were you blessed when Sunny spoke? I told you that the meeting is different today, but you will be, you are already being blessed. And you will have your opportunity there. I just said, I need a Paul and Silas. And I thought, okay, where's my Paul and my Silas? Come and tell me how you sang your way. Oh, I didn't even tell them that she is amazing that that's what her testimony was. How she prays her way out of some of the shackles and the prisons and all of that. I want to also ask Anele, come. And she come on, can you celebrate that woman? I know some things about her. So she can stand there. The Lord has been good to me. And I can thank you enough. I owe you my life. You've been so good to me. Amen. That's my testimony. Our God is a man of war. And that makes me a woman of war. Amen. Um, I just want to thank God for an opportunity. You know, in the book of Acts 16, we see the story of Paul and Silas, and we know how they got there. They didn't do anything wrong. They just delivered someone. They set someone free. They preached the gospel, and a life was set free. And for that, they were in prison. And I was in prison because of my own doing, and because God is doing a work in my life as well, you know. So no matter what the reason is for your prison, at the bottom, at the end of the day, you're in prison. There is no prison for people that got themselves there and that God allowed them to be there. A prison is a prison no matter what. So I want us to get that clearly. And just a brief background. Um, my story is that I've had just generally right throughout my career, I've really had some great opportunities and opportunities that I've never taken for granted, you know, right from the beginning. While most people study social sciences, I remember final year, everyone is like, oh, okay, where are you gonna work? What are you gonna do? And I always felt that I wish I was an engineering student like my friends. I wish I was an account student like my friends. I wish I was a medical student because there was no story quite. Because if you do humanities, you do humanities. But I remember final semester and doing a module and I sat there in class and I was like, God, this is what I want to do with my life. And lo and behold, six months later, God had taken me to the exact thing that I wanted to study for. 
And from there, like I really had an amazing upward tra trajectory. I had opportunities on year three that people on year 20 were having. As a result, after about nine years, yeah, it was around nine years of my working career, around 2012, I was already on 1.5 million per annum. And I really thank God for that. I've had the most amazing mentors. And I've, already, I've always knew, not because I didn't have the best of marks. You know, I have like interesting transcripts. It's one of those that no one has ever seen. If anyone ever wanted to see my academic transcript, I just gave them my certificate. Because no one is supposed to see the 30%. <laughs> it's just like, because I was not a dean and married student. I just made it through adversity. So I was never confused about the opportunities that God had for me. But I did acknowledge it. And I did see the hand of God in it. So really, everything was great and fine and all of that. I've had, like, I've done strategy for organizations, for countries, for the DRC, and all of those things. And I really thank God for that. But um just to take you back a bit all everything was fine in my life um job is doing well my relationships are doing well jesus is doing well my hairline is growing the only thing <laughs> that was i was waiting for was just a husband you know like if you, ever you spoke to me like after 2012 and back was like Okay, Anel, what are you trusting God for? It was, go it was always going to be a husband because, like, what's outstanding? Like, I had properties and all of that, you know. So, um, but I just had a turn of events, you know. By the end of 2012, my life just turned in a different way that I've never known. I had, I was consulting and my, all my consulting gigs were not renewed. As in, none of my consulting gigs were renewed. And that was quite interesting because I was really never stressed, you know. I was one of those people I could leave a job without an income, without knowing what's going to happen, and trust God and pray about it. And so I knew that wherever it is that my life had taken me thus far, it did not happen by chance. I had learned how to pray. I had been taught the word of God. So I knew what to do. Like, what else is there? If we like, if there's an area in your life that needs to be moved, you just trust God and, play, and pray. And so by the beginning of January 2013, I was still okay. Six months later, I was like, no, <laughs> this is not normal. There's something that's not okay. Because I've never lacked in my life. From the time when I was in high school, I've always had a holiday job. I've never lacked, not because my parents provided everything for me, but I've always had money because I can go and work at spa and be a cashier during school holidays. You know, when I was at university, I was working at the gym. When coming back June holidays, I had a job, you know. So I've always sorted my life out and suddenly I cannot sort out my life. There's a need now. There's only so much that your money can take you as long as there is no income. You are limited. You are confined. And so, yes, I tried to do this and that, and um, nothing was quite happening, you know. And I'm talking about 2013 January until October 2019. That's what we've been. I haven't had a salary. I have not had an income in the past seven years. And, <laughs> and um, I am not downplaying anything. I have properties. I have bought a property at home. I've got property. I've got a livelihood. As long as you wake up, 
that's costing something, <laughs> you know. And so for the past seven years, I haven't had an SMS that comes in on the 15th, 25th, and 30th. And I thought that, you know what, and in the process of that, during that time, I have been depressed over and over and over and over again. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. So when people are depressed at times, it's because hope has been deferred. Because when you are in the faith, when you trust in God, you have hope in the word of God. You know that the word of God works. And yet, you stand every day. There's a time where you decide, okay, you're praying, you're praying. But I remember there were like some years, I'm like, there'd be a year when I haven't been praying. Like, I'm just, because I've done everything that I know to do. Not because I think that prayer doesn't work. I know prayer doesn't work, but because there was no strength, there was no energy. I was really in a depressed place, you know. And so all I did during the past seven years and during that time was just to show up in church. That's all I did. I've made sure that I'm going to be consistent because I need to be in the presence of God. I knew that my presence was not enough. I knew that what it felt like to be in my own place. And so I resolved one thing that all I'm going to do, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to go to connect group. And so that, that's where I got strength from. You know, a week turns into a month. It turns into three months. It turns into six months. And you're like, nothing has changed. But I don't know how I got through it. And then you go through bouts of depression for a month. And then you are okay for three months, for six months. And then the next time it's like, okay, for a week. And then sometimes you have enough strength to get yourself out of it. But generally, guys, I really don't know. But I know that the presence of God is the difference in my life. And not just the, word, the presence of God, but the word of God is life. You know, because I would receive the very life of God when I would hear the word of God. Amen. And then... Um, what I also did um, is that I didn't pray that much. There are times that I had seasons of prayer and trusting and all of that. But I continued coming to church and I continued to serve unreservedly. I decided that because as soon as I didn't serve, it changed my focus. Because when I was serving, when I continued with Connect, it, did not, it didn't matter because if I'm dealing with a Connect group member who needs to be prayed for, I realized that it's actually not about me. There's someone who has a need. I don't know when we're going to get delivered out of this situation, but I know that God is able to come through. I knew that I had faith and I could join my faith with someone else's faith. Someone must be delivered. If it's not going to be me, it's going to be someone else. Amen. And I found that during that time, I actually received the life of God, which is the most amazing thing when I was serving. You know, there are things that I realized that there's sometimes depression. You can pray about it and all of that. But I realized that I needed to do certain things, you know. And those things, they kept me out of the dungeon. They kept me out of that place. Amen. And what I also did, you know, the enemy would also preach during that time because I had lack. Like, I had no income, you know. And... Before that, I had business ventures and all of that, you know. And guys, I was amazing at work, <laughs> you know. I'm one of those people who wanted me to be in your team. But I remember I got a gig, a consulting gig, and during this time, and I got fired. Guys, I've never been fired. 
like someone fired me, I couldn't even believe it myself, you know. And all it was is that I realized that I'm going through what I'm going through. It is what it is and it's so important how I come out, you know. And I knew that God is my hiding place. You know, there is no other place that I can run to. The Bible says in Kosa, it says that you know, when you say that it means that he's your scapegoat. So no matter what the story is, because the enemy would say to me that, oh, okay, so you had your, your fat years and you did not store for your lean years. And I had to think about that because you suddenly condemning yourself that you were not responsible, you were not, you were not. And I was like, ah, devil, even if I had, it would have been finished by now. In the Bible, it did not get finished. It was innumerable. So I've never been to a point in my life where I had innumerable supplies. So devil, you are a liar. Amen. So uh, because the enemy comes with arguments and throws, because the, en the plan of the enemy was to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That was his plan for my life. He didn't want anything else. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that people say when people go through tough times, especially financially tough times, people say that when, fr when days are dark, friends are few. That was not my experience. That, I have never experienced that in my life. Uh, my friends, they actually rallied around me. When they could not give, they just stayed around me. When they didn't have anything else to say, they stayed around me. I could pick up the phone and say that I'm not okay. Like, I have no more strength to carry on. I do not know what to do. I knew what to do when things are not okay because indeed, there was nothing okay. I think I've shared before, when I actually brought my life before God, I was like, okay, you know what, God, since nothing is working, because I've done everything that I know to do, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've done everything else. And three years later, nothing is happening. Let's talk about my life. Now, um, there's no point, really. You can take me to heaven. I knew that I can't kill myself. Like, because I knew before all of this happened that God had a purpose and a plan for me. And I've always known that we're not anywhere close to that. But in the midst of it all, God would carry you. You know, I can't tell you what I did. There's nothing that I did. But God remained God in my life. So you find that I, in the beginning I said that God is a man of war. And a war is a series of battles. This week and this month you get through a battle of depression. The following month you get through a battle of lack. The following month you get through a battle of they are possessing your house and your house gets repossessed and people come and say that I've bought it. And actually it happens that God will say that, no, I've canceled that. That has happened to me even after the auction. When things, because I've said that, Lord, you are my God. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and no sorrow. So I've never been confused about even the things that I was able to get. You know, so I was still able to lay hold of God. So there's nothing that I did, but there's everything that God has done in my life. And I really want to give him glory for that. Um, one of the things that I held on to is that it was Psalm 139 verse 16. It says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And so I held on to that, God, this was not hidden from you. 
you allowed it to happen, and there's a hereafter. There is a place where we're actually getting over, so you're taking me somewhere. And so what did I do to get out of the rut? I started asking the right questions. So I was no longer asking how long. I was no longer asking for a breakthrough, which was the most obvious thing to ask for. But actually, I said, God, why am I here on earth? Why am I alive? Because all along, I've lived my life as a result of opportunities that have come to me. But God, why am I living? Why is there breath in me? And out of that, I began to receive life. Because God then began to speak to me and said that I've got things for you. And from here on, you are living because of a purpose and a plan. And so the day that I received life is the day that it became so clear to me that I live for God and not for anything else, not for opportunities, not for breakthrough. And actually, I realized that God owes me absolutely nothing. God has done it all for me. Christ is more than enough for me. And so I owe him my life. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing outstanding in my life. The, a job is not outstanding. A husband is not outstanding. There's nothing else. God has done it all. The fact that I'm alive, I exist to live for him. You know, and a month ago, God said to me, you know, Anneli, there's a kind of heart that I cannot use. There's a kind of heart that cannot carry my purposes and my plans. There's a kind of heart that I cannot trust. And all that caused me to realize is that all along he's been dealing with my heart. That's what is all along he's been dealing with my heart. We measure our matrix for success is on the outward. What we have, what we do, the breakthroughs and all of that. But the matrix for success in God's scheme of things is the heart. And we're saying that I was just, just getting your heart right so that you can fulfill my purposes and plans so no matter what the purposes and plans of god for your life are you can with the kind of heart if you don't pay attention to your heart you cannot carry them you may know but god cannot entrust you with the mysteries of the kingdom with a type of heart and so when he said that i knew that all along it's been about my heart because in my eyes i was okay i was quite a cool kid you wanted to my friend guys <laughs> You really wanted to be my friend. I was fine. I was a great sister to my family, great daughter, great friend to my friends and all of that. But actually, God is not about that. If your heart is not right, he can't stop the whole world just so that we can get this one thing. Um, and so I'm reminded of Paul in Philippians 3, 12, 14. He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which, for which Christ has also laid hold for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling for Christ Jesus. Um, I'm coming to an end. And 2 Timothy 2, like just a scripture, when God began to speak to me about my heart and me praying about my heart, me repenting, you know, for just some of the things that were happening in my heart. 2 Timothy 2 says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. And then it says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And lastly, but not leastly, for a righteous man falls seven times 
and rises again. But the wicked men stumble in time of disaster and collapse. The NLT says, but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. I'm a righteous man who has fallen more than seven times. More than seven times, you know. But God has raised, I've been raised up again because the joy of the, I've received strength from the person of who God is. Amen. And so that's my story. That's my story. And then I just want to say that while I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger. While I'm, amen. Hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings. Have you been blessed? I want to quickly read this. There are too many things I, I have to read, but I'm not. James 1, verse 2, as she was speaking. That came to me. My brethren, count it all joy. You see this joy again. And this praise. And the fact that you may fall into diverse testings and all of that. And he says, count it all joy. In other words, praise in the midst of it. Amen. And you see this scripture says, when you fall into various trials... So it's not a once-off situation. Sometimes you can be in one and you haven't even come out of that one. And another one has shown its face. And you're still trying to navigate the second one. And uh, have you ever felt like you're drowning? He says, count it all joy. Now, when you are not in this situation, we can read the scripture now. Say, count it all joy. We can sing. There's a nice song we can sing about. Count it all joy. We can do all of that. When you are in it. You know what the Lord was reminding me? He says, I ask you to raise women with a backbone of steel. Women who will stand their ground. So when you go through various divers I'm going to put a Nigerian word orishirishi can someone say it with me orishirishi orish that's all you know divers all kinds different kinds you know like when you're cooking a meat uh, dish with the different kinds of meat you put orishirishi when you face orishirishi trials. He says what you do, what you do when you are there is to praise. Have some joy. Count it all joy. Tell yourself I have been counted worthy to go through this. He, he saw it. He saw me and says you can. Go through it. He didn't tell us it's for one week, one year, seven years. He says, go through it. Count it all joy as you are going 
through it. Celebrate as you are going through it. What is it that will cause you to celebrate? What is it that will cause you to be joyful when you are in times of trial? It is the trust you have in him. If your trust life is faulty, then you are in trouble. But if you can get your trust right, if you can trust him with everything, if you can trust him, no, Lord, even when he's not looking good, I still trust you. I know you know how to navigate this thing and get me out of here. I trust you enough. I don't understand it, but I trust you. So, the difference between a person who is going through trials and counting it all joy and the one who is going through trials and cursing God is they don't trust him. They don't trust that he knows what he's doing. They don't trust that he's the one taking them through. They don't trust that there's something that he's building and dealing with. They don't trust that he's dealing with the heart. Sometimes it can take seven years, eh? You say, Lord, here I am. Please do it quickly. <laughs> and you pray, do it quickly. And then the next thing, oh, you are there again. He says, you see, I told you I'm not done with you yet. Count it all joy. Amen. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing so trial this is where it starts trial is here the end of the trial is perfection lacking nothing what takes you from trial to perfection lacking nothing is the joy is the praise. Is the fact that you do not throw in the towel. I like what she said. Ah, I know. Where you will continue to come. Have you not sang when you didn't feel like singing? Have you not come up to lead? Come on people, let us worship the Lord. Because he's a mighty God. He has been so good to us. And you are thinking, Lord, what about me? Have you not preached? Yeah. I'm not talking about holding the mic, but preach to someone. Yeah. You're a connect leader. Have you not led? Connect when you wanted to sleep. Yeah. Cover yourself and not talk to anyone. Yeah. Count it all joy. Amen. Your praise will lead you to your victory. From there to there. Count it all joy. Amen. I'm not going to speak more than this. Well, let me just give you one scripture. Something that I was enjoying. Romans 8. 
this last scripture and you will praise like this is your one opportunity Amen. to get out of prison. Are you tired? Yes. Are you tired? No. no, please don't be tired because we need to get out of some things. Amen. And even if this is a dry run practicing, how when you're by yourself, you know, sometimes when you are with people, you're able to, they motivate you. Even if it is to strengthen you, so that when you're by yourself and depression comes, when you're by yourself and you're feeling stuck, when you're by, and all those things are happening to you, you remember, you say, how did I get out of it at Prevailing Women? I started praising him. I started counting it all joy. If there's anything you need to know, Romans 8, 28. Is it up there? I have it written there, but we know the scripture. When you go, I want you to read from verse eighteen. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy compared to the glory which will be revealed in us. All right? And you keep going down. But to 28 says, And we know that all things work together for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. You are called, so you are justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. He has done it already. Amen. What then shall we say to these things? This is a scripture I want you to hold on to. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, in whatever is going on, you must be able to trust him and, and know that God is for me. It doesn't matter. I know someone here might be saying, you don't know what I did yesterday. Repent and God is for you. And he says, if God is for you, who can be against you? In other words, if God is for you, I'm still looking. Who? Who is it that can be against me? Who? That's what that scripture. If God is for you, who? Who is? Who is that person? Who is it? That can speak and it comes to pass when the Lord God has not spoken. Who is it that can speak about my life when God has not declared it? Who can be against me? That I might be going through stuff does not mean God is not for me. Who can be against me? I want you to hold on to that. To trust him in everything you're going through. To say God is for me. 
none can be against me. But I realized that one person can be against you. And you all know who it is. It's not Satan, you. You can be against yourself. You can convince yourself that you are no good. You can convince yourself that your life is going nowhere. You are the one. No, it's not an amen something. Because amen is so be it. So we don't want to amen that kind of thing. Yeah, you following? So who can you 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 don't want to be in a situation? Are you following? Where God is saying one thing about you, and you are saying something else about yourself. Where God is taking you through a process, but you do not understand the process, so you are speaking contrary. You are against yourself. Let me tell you something. I don't care how strong you are and how against me you can be. You, your, your being against me is not as powerful as me being against myself. No matter how powerful you think you are and how you feel you can oppress, the people that try to oppress you they don't know that they are small fries. You are the master oppressor. <laughs> Unfortunately, you oppress yourself. You tell yourself the wrong things. You tell yourself you're not going to make it. You tell yourself, you say, look, why am I always like this? You speak the wrong thing. You can be against yourself. If God is for me, who can be against me? Say only me. Because no one else can be against you. But you can be against yourself. Today, you say, enough is enough. I will not be against myself. I'm going to praise my way to victory. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise my way because God is for me. I may be going through the fire, but God is for me. Amen. I don't want to continue. There's so much I can say, but I believe that they've said a lot. Amen. Have you been blessed hearing them? I just want to tell you, be ready next meeting. You might be preaching. I can call you now and say, prepare for the next meeting. Hallelujah. I want us to spend some time now. Just to give him praise. I want us to spend some time to count it all joy. Because we're going, our praise is going to take us from depression, from the shackles, to the place of victory. Amen. We're walking in victory. Did someone need this today? And so I want you to praise your way to victory. Amen. Are you ready to do that? It's not about how you're feeling now. Count it all joy. Someone might be saying, Pastor, just wait until after the meeting. I need to tell you exactly what my situation is. So you will count it all joy now. You will praise him from trials to perfection. Trials to victory. Amen. Can we praise him now? Please stand to your feet. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation midrand dot org